you are awful, but I like you. The cake is a lie. So welcome to another edition of The Cake is a Lie. This is your thing. I this can't ever say it. No. My name is Sam. You can find me on Twitter. It's at IamSamW. I'm the editor of a website called Tech Girl. Do you want to give Tech Girls info as well? Oh, I was I was stopping to let you introduce oh, oh, yourself. Oh, thank you. I'm Zoe. Um, I write for Lazy Gamer, uh, LazyGamer.net and all of that. And I also have a mommy blog, uh, Born Geek. And you can find me on Twitter at Moonstormer. Now, we normally do these podcasts on the 15th of the month. This month, we didn't. I had laryngitis. You sounded really sexy, though. I think we should have recorded anyway. It would have sounded like a, a, a porn show. Yeah, it would have changed the, the tone of the show so a bit. The terrible cough in yeah. between, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, this time, we took a little bit more time because we were really thinking about what we wanted to say as well. Oh, yeah, let's convince ourselves that that yeah, was why it's, this it's, took It was time. a lot of thought that went into it, which is almost like censorship. Ooh, Ooh look what you did See what there. I did there. See what I did there. So yeah, we want to chat about censorship this time. And just kind of like the information that you put out there about yourself, about other people. When is it self-censorship? How are we defining censorship? So it's such a touchy subject. What what made you come to this though? Because when I arrived today with my wine, mm-hmm. you said to me, I want to talk about censorship. Let, let's discuss the, the background here. <laughs> okay, so Street Fighter V, um, filled with boobs, basically. I mean, it's, it's a, a game, if, if you're not a gamer. <laughs> Throwing it in there. Yeah, Street Fighter has been around forever. It's like Mortal Kombat. It's like any of these fighting games that have been around since the dawn of gaming, essentially, like arcade style, all of that. And Capcom, the guys who are making the game, and they released a whole thing that since the beta, they were removing some of the moves and some of the skill sets and changing things up a bit. And one of the things is that now they won't have a, a butt slap as part of something that happens in the game. And then there's a petition. People actually went to change.org and like signed a petition to be like, don't censor the butt-slappingness. Well, they're not really censoring the butt-slapping. They're just removing it. Well, this is just it. The game hasn't been released. It's not like they released the game, everyone went, you're a bunch of sexist pigs, and they went, oops, and removed it. They had it in the beta, and then they went, you know what, actually, let's not do that. So is it self-censorship? Like, do you think they, like... This is the thing is, did they wake up and realize this might offend people, we shouldn't do this, and just came to their senses? Was it just something that they didn't feel was necessary in the game? You know, was it... Did they give a... an explanation, though, as to no. why? So so let's let's play devil's advocate. It, it might not have been, ooh, this is offensive. It could have just been, actually, this has no role to play Yeah, it doesn't look right. It, they can't get the animation spot on. Maybe it doesn't quite feel as natural as some of the other. We've worked so hard on, on getting the visuals right. This doesn't fit. So it's not really censorship, it could just be for the betterment of the game. Well, this is just it. So this was the question, is like, do you really call it censorship? Is it self-censorship? Or is it just the natural cycle of game development in general, where you say, this part works, this part doesn't, take this out, put this in? Have you found that we're moving towards this this weird place where... I feel like we, we went to a point where we were getting overly sensitive about everything. Mm. So, for example, the, the, the butt slap. Everyone goes, oh, that's offensive. And now we've reached this other side where people are going, because of that, they're going, no, well, we don't want, we don't want this anymore. So now we'll everything that you say is offensive, we're going to fight against. Mm. Are we reaching that point? I don't know. I think the pendulum could be swinging in the other direction. Like I think that's just it. Is it could be getting to the point where people are so tired of the I'm offended, no, I'm offended, no, I'm offended that they're all just like, 
oh, we should just do whatever we want, kind of. Do you think maybe that the, the butt slap is just that important to some people? Well, this is just it. Who was who was going to pre-order Street Fighter? Who was like, I played the beta, there was a butt slap, and now I must have this game. Like, how many people were out there going, I, I, like, I know, I've dated a couple of men like that. <laughs> It could be. Could be. They would have been like, I'm not buying this game now. <laughs> there is no butt slap. There is no butt slap. There's still way too much boob, but that doesn't cut it. That, that's an interesting... So how is this petition doing? What has been... Has there been a response from the developer? They haven't given a response yet. The petition has actually done quite well, like, thus far. But, I mean, it's also one of those change. You know, it's how many people actually care versus are like, ha-ha, butt slap. You know, I, I'd sign that. Like, So it's just kind of... It, it made me think about all the times that, you know... You think of saying something and you bite your tongue and say, maybe I shouldn't do that. The way I send you voice notes instead of saying things on Twitter that I probably should avoid saying. This is an interesting one for me. So when I started blogging, which was probably about three, four years ago, Mm. I had maybe 200 Twitter followers. I didn't really have a presence. I think maybe 10 people read my blog. I think four of them were family, so it didn't really count. (laughs) And I used to get into to one of the things that, that I did was I, I used to document my dating life in mm. a very humorous, tug-in-cheek way. And as I did that, the, the readership grew. So people were obviously relating to it. But, but it's a funny thing. So this was clearly something that people wanted to read about. People enjoyed. Yeah. It grew my audience. My Twitter following grew. And now I've reached a point where it's something that I never, ever do online. So the thing that made you famous, if you want to call it For that. want of a better term, is the one thing that I won't do anymore. So now I... I I feel very strongly that my personal life should not be online. Mm. I was more than happy about going on really bad Tinder dates and proceeding to tweet about them live quite happily, being mm. like, well, I'm in the bathroom now and this date was terrible. <laughs> um, blogging about it the next day without sort of any second thought, and now I won't do it. And it is a bit of self-censorship because now I've gone, oh, I, I don't actually want to put that out there. But is it, is it because of how you want to be seen or is it how you want other people to be seen like why do you think you're holding your tongue whether we call it censorship or not why do you think you're changing what you share i think because as you get older you realize that that most of what i put online was my perception of a situation Mm. so i might have seen it somewhere but it's not the other the way the other person saw it and sometimes what you say from your perception is very hurtful to someone else Mm because they didn't see it that way and i think as I, i started realizing that that as the following grew when I said something, I had the power to let everyone else see it my way. Mm. So when I hated, and I've done it, when I've trolled on someone or when I've, when I've criticized someone very publicly, I'm, I've done it. I've, I went after someone for buying followers. I've, everyone knew who it was. I've done it before. I realized that my perception of the situation was very different to what was actually going on. And when I hated on that person, I could get my entire following to hate on them. Mm. And maybe it actually wasn't fair because maybe I wasn't seeing the other side of it. So now I've just made a, a decision not to be that person. Mm. But it's hard because sometimes I want to do it. But I've also realized that maybe sometimes it's not right to, to push my view on everyone else and demand that when I say it that way, I know that everyone that reads that blog will think of it the same way. And maybe it's not that case. Maybe I haven't seen the other side. Mm. I don't know. Maybe. But this is just it. Like, this is my question because there, there's that line that we cross of, like, things that we want to share and talk about and the things that... We don't. And, I mean, I've had this chat now doing the whole mommy blogging thing, which I never thought I would do. And I was chatting to another mommy blogger and saying, like, you know, why don't you, like, I've read your blog and, like, it's become less and less personal and, like, you don't share anything about how having a baby affected your marriage or what it's like 
parenting with someone or, you know any of those types of things and she just said like her husband doesn't want anything about him shared online and like i'm quite lucky tough luck husband <laughs> tough luck <laughs> tough luck you married famous um and like i'm quite lucky because dean is chilled and is like whatever he doesn't care um i hope <laughs> but he's quite chilled about it all but at the same time like there are certain things that i still just personally i'm not going to say like share every detail of my life because there are some things that you want to keep private but that line is you know you kind of do walk that line in terms of what you share about your personal life what you share about your professional life like well this is another thing for me i've now moved so i worked in an engineering firm mm. that was my job no one that i ever dealt with was online yeah. so i could say whatever i wanted now i've changed career paths and i my, my job involves the online digital world mm. and all of a sudden the people that I work with are the people that are reading these tweets. The people that I have to do business with every day are the people reading my blog. And suddenly, I don't really want my dodgy dating and my dodgy sex life online because I don't want to have to stand up in front of a room and they're like, oh, I read your blog last night and I'm really sorry about that guy that came Did in his whatever. Yeah, You know what exactly. I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's not the conversation that you want to have. No, and that's not the mental image you want them no, to have and when it's they not see professional. You. Or I don't want to go on a rant and, and have to walk into a room and they think, oh, well, this is the school that went crazy last night. Mm. So it changes. But at the same time, does it kill the audience? Because originally, the, the very people that were following me for that are now not getting what they started following me well, for. Well, and that's, that's the, the flip side of the coin is it's kind of, well, why are they following you? Is it just because you have interesting commentary in general are you still adding your two cents are you still expressing yourself online or have you become so sort of tempered in what you share that maybe they're like well why am i i think we all know that if i get emotional i, <laughs> I break There's the mold no, and it's yeah. right there so I, they're probably all just waiting they're like oh she'll eventually crack yeah. today's probably it's like the if it's, it's important enough she'll seems rant like it's about around it. that time yeah. of the month sam, sam will have a breakdown <laughs> But this is something that I also wanted to speak about. For the, for the life of me, I can't remember her name now, and I wrote an entire post about it, but it was this Australian model, hmm. so how relevant she is in my life, who, who had a nervous <laughs> breakdown on Instagram. Yeah. But, I mean, she was ridiculous. She had, like, a bazillion followers, and every photo she would post would what get... What was her name? I wrote Elite, about Elite, it. Elite, Elite, O'Neal. There was an O'Neal somewhere. There was somewhere. an O'Neal somewhere. So what she did is she had this breakdown because she decided that social media was fake, and she wanted to show the world... The, the real like the, the real social media now just to pause here before we go on about her i have seen some really funny ways that people have approached this in other ways on instagram where they're like show the framing of a picture where it's like this beautiful coffee table with the glass of wine and the book like oh i'm just spending a quiet evening home and then it's like if you had panned out from that you'd see the dishes that aren't done and like you know so i've seen there some was that humorous, amazing story yeah. i've seen that article as well i think in this particular case she had this breakdown where she she deleted half her instagram photos yes. She recaptioned the rest saying this actually this photo took seven hours to take and she felt so ugly and she had to take 17 of them to get the right angle and the bikini was paid for and she was told to do this and she had such a terrible day. And I read all of this and I thought, what, why are you doing this? You, you clearly made a fortune from yeah. doing this, um, which was something you chose to do. Mm. So I make money from my blog and, yeah. and I choose to make money and I've never agreed to do something I feel uncomfortable with. But I think I've, that's just it. It's like, I think she obviously had this breakdown of realizing that her social media was fake. So it's not that social media is fake, but that she had been fake. Interestingly enough, um, 
during all of this, one of the big selling points here was as much as social media was fake, her, her big thing was, social media is fake, so now I've set up this new website and I need you to make donations to it to keep it running. Yeah, please where go I will, visit my blog. Where I'll I'm... tell you about how fake social media was. So I was like, well, are, are we really concerned that social media is fake? Or have you maybe run out your time? Because we all know this, and this is, I think, anyone who doesn't know this, if you have a blog or a website, you, you have a certain amount of time that, that you ride the, the highway, and then you become irrelevant. Whether yeah. you like it or not, you can't stay. Unless you're changing the game all the time, at some point you're relevant and then at some point you're not. Yeah. Um, and I feel like maybe she realized that she wasn't relevant anymore. So she's changed direction. And this is a very clever way to just get people to donate to her website. Well, yeah, this was this was the thing that I found so amusing. It's like, social media is fake. Don't follow me on Instagram anymore. Come to my blog instead. And Where she asks for donations. Yeah. So she's still happy with taking people's money. And this was something that bugged me. She wrote these Instagram captions about these photos and how they were fake and how we didn't realize they were fake and, and how, um, how terrible social media was. But my entire time, I was like, it's not that social media was the problem. The problem here was you. Yeah, because I don't take 700 pictures of myself to put on Instagram. I've probably done five or six well, to this choose from. Like, I'll, like I'll do like five, six, and then if I'm still not getting that, I'm like, no, no, I'm not posting this. And if I'm paid to do a blog post, like I'll, I'll obviously spend a bit more time taking better images mm. to make sure that I... But I've never sat down and, and, and had a nervous breakdown about the fact that my life is so shit because someone gave me some clothes and paid me to pose in them. No, no. Um, but look, I think the other thing is that she was a kid. Wasn't she like 18? She's not a kid. She's 18. She okay, can vote, so she's an adult. Okay, fine. But you know what I mean. Like, she's... I think she also just didn't have the emotional maturity to wake up and say, like, Hi, everyone. I realized, actually, that many of you followed me just because I post pretty pictures. Um, I just thought it would be interesting to maybe explain some of the backstory. Like, she could have done it in a way that was a bit more mature and wasn't this this whiny, eh, social media is fake, but to be like guys like i'm tired of doing the same old same old look at me being pretty in a dress so here are the outtakes or whatever and she I could have, have had i don't know i have some issues with this so if you read some of her other commentary and you watch her her mm. very long youtube spiel which no, was, i didn't I for, yeah for some it. absurd reason i thought i should <laughs> one of the things that she says in there and and this is what i found quite funny is after the tirade announces that she's she's actually despite everything she said she's still happy to to work for brands that must just fit her ethos and I sort of was like, so in other words, everything you've just said is bull because you're still happy to keep doing it. So either you're against the idea of being paid to pose in clothes. So she was like, oh, she would happily pose in like hemp or whatever. And she's gone vegan now, so she'll oh, promote God. that. So I thought, so, so instead of going, I, social media is fake and I'm out, you went, I don't like what I was doing and I want to change direction. I'm going to make a huge big hullabaloo, but please still give me money. And, I'm sure, and how it. many more followers do you think she got? because of all the news sites that wrote about her mental breakdown. Because, I mean, I was seeing it on mainstream sites. People well, I think were covering... maybe a week, but then, like, you and I, do you even remember her name? Mm. She's she's a non-entity, really. Mm. But, I mean, I'm just wondering how many more people became aware of her that hadn't even... It's a publicity thing as well, I think, to a certain extent. I'm quitting social media. How many people have we known who quit Twitter? I love that she back? said she was quitting social media only to set up a new blog. Yeah. And yeah, there's there's a host of people that yeah. do that. That's, but that's the thing. I'm quitting social media, so everyone, when you come back, everyone's really excited <laughs> about the fact that you. I just think I think that maybe, and, and it comes down to to self censorship. Maybe it is time that we all take a step back and go, well, like maybe it's time for you to think twice before you post something online. Determine if that's actually. 
who you are and how you want to be perceived. Or don't if you want to grow your following, apparently. Because when we rant, that's when people follow us. Yeah. So if you don't, <laughs> if, you, if you want to grow your following, have a mental breakdown. Have a mental breakdown. to leave social media. Quit Twitter, only to return like three days later. So you're still relevant. You're still trending when you return. If you can handle four, I feel like four is the ultimate number. Is four really? If you can do four, you're, you're pretty much on fire. But you've got to come back quietly so no one notices you're there. Yeah. And then people can discover that you're back. And, and then they're like, oh, welcome back. And you're like, I'm keeping quiet because I don't want to make a big... Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much. <laughs> I don't know. I think... That, and that's maybe that's what it comes down to as well, is, is the talk about censorship is, is maybe it is time for us to be a bit more responsible about how we behave online. Well, I mean, isn't the whole point that it's basically your soapbox? Like, it's basically your opportunity to get up in the middle of the street, put down your soapbox, stand on top of it and go, I have a feeling and a thought about a thing. And maybe we should think twice before we have, you know, you can have the feeling and the thought, but maybe not put it online right away. My, my thing is always, I've said this for about a year and a half, I always say, would, would I want my grandfather to read it? Mm. My grandfather's dead, but um, if, <laughs> that's, if, not, that's great. If, you know, if like, he was alive, would I want my grandfather to read it? And mm. if the answer is no, then it's not going online anymore. Mm. Um, and it was something I never did before. It was never my fault. I was quite happy to post... I've gone back on my Facebook feed and seen some photos that have gone up and thought, what were you thinking? Mm. I was drunk out of my mind. And those are photos that should never have been online. But they're there now. Yeah. Um, someone's probably saved them somewhere. And so now I always ask myself, well, would you want your grandfather to see this? If you said this, would you be able to explain it to your grandfather? Mm. You know, it's it, there is a thing of would you want your grandfather to see things. It's also like, would you want other people in your life in general to see it? Like, okay, so we know LinkedIn, which is the professional network we all love to hate and all of that. Um, Ironically enough, it has an interesting statistic. That's more more of an influential platform than any of the other social media ones. But really? Well, you know, for the, like, ten people that use it. For the ten people, the ten, no, because everyone keeps getting suckered back in by the email. So, so five people looked at your profile. Really? Let me go look at you. That's not, <laughs> you don't think about LinkedIn. Do you even read the articles? Like, there's, they, they share so much content. That, that place is like a content hub. And I'm just like, there are people that sit on here all day, like, sharing Read and what? share. But this is the thing, is like, I get it with LinkedIn, but, I mean, even with Facebook. Like, LinkedIn, I'm very professional on there. I think, I don't know, in the, like, five minutes I've spent on my profile or whatever. But, I mean, Facebook, obviously, I'm a bit more personal and, you know, it's just my friends. And I'm very clear on my privacy settings and on and on. But I'm sure if you did a Facebook search on me, you would find things that were posted in the past or whatever that probably weren't the wisest. And, I mean, when you go for a new job, that's what people look at. They do actually search your Facebook, your Twitter, your LinkedIn. They go and look like... They Google you, basically, and determine what pops up. Yeah. So, I mean, I think there is that aspect of, like, right now you might be all (laughs) footloose and fancy-free, like, just posting whatever you feel like. But is that something that in three years' time you want to come up on a Google search of who you are? Here's something interesting that, and I'm gonna ask you because now you have a mommy vlog and, mm-hmm. and you you're with you're with Leech. Um, <laughs> isn't this something? This is something I've always been curious about. I see a lot of mommy vlogs and, and a lot of moms who post very intimate details about their child growing up. Mm. And I always wonder, aren't you concerned because we're living in a in a switched on generation? Your child one day is gonna be 13. Their friends are gonna be 13, and they're gonna read things about your child and about you. And I, and I wonder how they're going to react to that. Because I don't know how I'd feel if my mom had shared my entire first 10 years online. Well, this is this is the question. And it's something that I've also thought a lot about balancing in terms of what I want to share and what I don't. 
Because, I mean, there's stuff that I think makes sense and isn't embarrassing per se. Like, you know, the stories of breastfeeding and weaning and diapers and, you know, that sort of crap. But, like, there are people who still post pictures of, like, kids in the bath. And I would not put a picture of my kid in the bath on Facebook or on the mommy blog. Like, it just doesn't sit right with me. Those, I think, are the ones that you look back on are embarrassing pictures for a kid to see when they're... I don't know. I have quite a nice bum as a child, and, and there's a lot of <laughs> photos of me like on a bed with my pants on, and they are adorable now. But would I feel? I wouldn't feel that at thirteen. At thirteen, I'd be like, "My gosh, mom, how could you do this to me?" But I think that's the other thing is like recognizing that your child will go through different ages. So like, what's embarrassing at thirteen will be adorable at eighteen, and you show it at their twenty-first or whatever, and everyone goes, "Oh, remember this? It's so cute." Um, and I think you kind of have to accept that. Part of it is just being a teenager and your, it's your parents' job to have embarrassed you. And like, you know, that is kind of par for the course. But there's also a line in terms of how much safety-wise and internet safety... Like, I don't want necessarily on the internet pictures of my kids' butt. In personal... Not personal use, but like private use. Keep the pictures. Put them on a hard drive somewhere. When they're old enough, they'll look at this adorable picture of you... Blah, blah, blah. But I'm not necessarily sure I would share that with the whole world. So here's the next question. Is it ethical to be making money off of your children? Well, is it exploitation? mommy bloggers are making money mm. off of their kids. Is, is that an ethical line of... We, we talk about... We've spoken yeah. about the ethics of bloggers before, but how ethical is a mommy blogger making... How ethical is, is a mom making money off of her kid by blogging about it? How ethical am I blogging about dodgy dates? Dodgy dates. I think... I think if I were expecting, like, this was something. So a while back there was that mommy blogger who was making hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever, and then she wasn't doing content marketing or she was doing something, and she ended up, basically her site has gone to nothing. And it's like, oh, our mommy blog's dead. And it was like, no, she just didn't adapt and change, and her model is dead, but mommy bloggers aren't. And I think I would never expect her I remember, she did ads. Yes. So she never did actual content marketing no. where she pushed... Product. And then she tried to, and she failed at it, and then that was the, the site died. The site died. And this is my thing: is like if someone sends me whatever a book, a game, a product of any kind, and says we want you to use this with your child or whatever, like that's the purpose of why I'm doing the content marketing. I'm going to be very clear: like if the kid doesn't like it, I'm not going to force some product on kid like I will more than happily be like this is the toy that's supposed to stimulate this and this and this and this however here you can see Harley ignoring it here you can see her throwing a tantrum when I try and bring it over like that would be my content marketing because I think you just failed at, at the goal but yes but I mean they would still get the, the exposure, the exposure honest, and I would be honest saying like in the same way that kids are unpredictable like this is her loving the box the toy came in more than the toy itself like, that's the reality of parenting. Get over it. Like, deal with it, essentially, and move on. But I think that I wouldn't try and make money off of her. Like, come now, Harley, we're going to pose and do this and That's this a and pity, this. because if I had a child with an extreme talent, I would make money off of them quite easily. So, like, if I was the mother to Justin Bieber, I would have no issue putting that child all over YouTube. I don't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. That's okay, but, I mean, I would be rich and you wouldn't. That's fine. You can pay for my child then. To I, my child would have mental issues and, and probably end up on drugs and alcohol. But I'd be you'd, be you'd be able to pay for rehab 
and I'd be able to take him to rehab in a very nice car. Yeah. I'm joking. I say that. I'm not joking. I would do that. Um, <laughs> but I suppose that's that's the whole question of, of it, it all comes back to, to how much you share online. And how comfortable you are. I mean, I think that's the other thing is like, I would be very, and this is again like that Australian model. It's like, I have an ethos in terms of how I want to raise my kid. And part of that is what makes my blog appealing, that people are interested in reading about the ways I've thought things through and what I want to do and what I don't want to do and all of those, you know, decisions that you have to make. I wouldn't then turn around and be like, oh, so it was my ethos that, whatever, I'm not going to pierce my kid's ears, but now so-and-so has come to me and offered me a sponsorship, so now I'm going to get her a jewelry line and this and this. You know what I mean? Like... I would stick to my guns about how I want to raise my kid and the brands that fit in, great, and the products that fit in, great. And if you don't, too bad, thanks for coming, you know, it's not a fit. But you, you could know. change. I mean, you, you could change. I think in parenting, you change your mind yeah. anyway. And I think you change in different phases of the kid's life. You change in different phases of a blog's life in terms of what you're comfortable with and what you're not. How long do you think that this online spectacle will carry on though this idea of, of influencers if you like so the idea of bloggers and people that are famous on instagram is this something that you think we'll see for a long time i don't know i think influencers in some way shape or form have been around forever i just don't know that they're going to stay in this same realm i mean youtube only turned what like eight the other day or something like that so i mean if you think about the household name of pewdiepie actually has only been around for how many years um you know, you think about Facebook. It's also not really that old. So the new platform will appear. The new way of being famous will appear. I mean, you've got Twitch streamers who are doing well and better than YouTubers and this and that. So I think, you know, the platform that we use to determine if someone is famous might change. But I think there'll always be famous people who make money from being famous. I suppose, yeah, they've always been there, haven't yeah. they? Yeah, so I think that there's always going to be that that element of, you know, Paris Hilton. I remember being a teenager, and she was make, was getting paid to attend parties in New York. And, like, it would show up the next day, like, page six of the New York Post. Paris Hilton went to this and this party. was also attended by this one and this one. And then reading in a magazine that she had been paid to go there. And I was, like, shocked that someone would actually pay her to attend a party. But now it makes so much sense. Like, of course you want... To be able to say Paris Hilton was at your... And it's interesting because that's now a debate that, that comes up regularly is, is about people with big Instagram followings or, or YouTubers mm. being paid to pitch up in an event. And, and people go, well, that's not right. Well, it's been happening it's for been a It's been happening while. forever. And honestly, how different is it from calling in a favor? Like, you know, you've got a following. And if I was having a, a housewarming party in a bar... Um, Sorry he's mocking me because I want to have a housewarming party in a bar. Carry on. Yes. So if I was having a party, a housewarming party in a bar, just for example, and I wanted more people to know about it and kind of have a rent-a-crowd, you know, like get more people to just rock up, I would be like, please tweet this out so that I can feel like I have more friends at my party. Is this because I asked you to tweet about my housewarming party no. in a bar? <laughs> Hashtag house party in, in the, the bar. bar. <laughs> please bring presents. Um, but I mean, I think this is just it is like, in the same way that if you actually know the influencer, you would have no problem saying to them, please just come so that I can feel more important and, like, I'm famous. 
you know, what's the difference between then a company saying, well, we'll just give you money and please come? How, how familiar, like, this is something that I've always wondered, though, and I've, I've had the chance to meet some, some really influential people in real life mm. who have huge online followings, and then they are nothing. Nothing like they are. And, and is that a form of self-censorship in a way? I mean, they're, they're people that ultimately, when you go online, they're, like, crazy, and they look a certain way, and they behave a certain way, and you think that they're, like, this really cool, off-the-wall person, and then in real life, they're super quiet and shy. Yeah. And they, they don't... They, they don't, they're not vegetarian, they're eating steak type of mm. thing, you know? Is, is that, do you think that's a form of censorship or do you think that's just creating a, another person? Well, I think that there is that idea of being an online persona. And I think a lot of people do well with that. I mean, and again, that's something that's been around forever. Like, if you look at um, Marilyn Manson, I mean, he has the stage presence that is bizarre and off the wall. And then in per, in... Off stage, I mean, if you see interviews with him, he's the most soft-spoken, chill, doesn't swear, doesn't do drugs, doesn't, you know what I mean? Like, But if you saw just his stage show, you would think he was this lunatic. So I think that, you know, there are lots of people who get famous and have a different persona in the public eye than they are in private. And do you think that, that their following is upset by that? So, so for example, like O'Neill, the mother. I hope it's her name. I really hope it's her You know, she, she said, oh, it's so fake, and now she's showing the real her. Do you think that maybe her following would be upset if they realized that she was just being fake the whole time? Do you or, think they care? Or do you think that's why they were following her, that they liked the pretty pictures she was posting and didn't really care what the backstory is? I feel like that's a bit like the Kardashians, to a point, because, mm-hmm. let's be honest, they're not idiots. No. It's a freaking smart family of, of women, um, a very smart mother who has, who has made like very very strategic decisions the whole way through mm. what we see is a bunch of idiots pouting releasing sex tapes yeah. but if, if you're honest if you go behind the scenes i think there's a very oh, well calculated and I, I was actually having uh, a very bad couch day yesterday and ended up watching three episodes of the kardashians which wow. i'm not proud of but one of the things that i noticed is is and it's, it's something that you see in the news that whole family never turns on one another mm. There was one time that they got um, Bruce, who's now Caitlin. Caitlin, to turn on Chris in a very strategic Vanity Fair article, which everyone missed the point that Chris Jenner is actually his manager, so she would have beat, she would have okayed that article before it went out. It was a very calculated decision, mm. a calculated move, and then there was a very nice article of them all come, uh, an episode of them discussing it. But one of the things I noticed is there's certain things that you just never see. Mm. So you never see them turning on one another no. outside of, of the show. Every, that entire show is so well manufactured. But outside of that TV show, you actually never see them no. doing anything, really. No, you see, like, Kim and Kanye arrive at an event. But you never see that. There's never that, like, ooh, leaked photo. No. It always seems, if there is a leaked photo, it plays very well into the show. So... So is it, and I think that they, I think that they're following those that. Mm. I think that they're pretty aware that they're they're being played. It's it's clear as day that that reality show. But it's entertaining. Shows. It's entertaining to watch. So does the audience not care if we're self-censoring for want of a better term? I think is, yeah. I think to a certain extent they accept they not only accept it but expect it. Like they actually don't care what's the real story. They like following the story they're fed. They have fun reading the tweets and keeping up with what's going on. So do you think that that's a generation that we're breeding, that people don't actually care? It's not so much about what the content is anymore. 
they're just going to be spared. It's, 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 it's got no... I think it's about the consistency, though. I think if all of a sudden they started turning on each other and just being this bickery, painful-to-watch family, they would lose their following. But they built it being this manufactured, very specific audience kind of show, and they stick with that. In the same way, like, no one minds that Marilyn Manson is one way on stage and a different way off stage. As long as the next time he's on stage, he is still that crazy person. So I think it's more about the consistency of they know what to expect from a stage persona or what they know what to expect from the persona in general, whether it's online, on Twitter, whatever. Doesn't that bug you as a mom that we're creating a world that it doesn't actually matter if someone's real or fake? Like we spend all this time mm. growing up, you're constantly told to be yourself and be real and be honest. But actually, we're we're saying it's okay to be fake if you're making money and you've got a big audience because that's what we're doing. And I suppose you could say they're being honest about being fake, maybe. Really? No, I think we all just have this expectation that everyone online is fake. How sad. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. We're having really wonderful podcasts. I, I feel like this is like I, I feel like what 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 else is there left to say? No. Like there it is. There it is. We are supporting a generation of people who are uh, we are completely okay with them presenting a fake reality to the world. Yeah. Pretty so much. So don't be yourself. Be what, be what the audience wants. Be a persona that gets a lot of hits and likes. And then when you're tired of that, quit social media. Quit social media in a very <laughs> big way with your new blog. Yes. And then ask people for donations. Yeah. And be okay with wearing hemp. And going vegan. And going vegan. But only only online. In real life, you'll eat In real steak. life, you can eat steak and drink and wear leather. The, that's the moral of our story. So, so we will have a podcast out on the 15th of the next month. It will be on time this yes, time. Yes, yes. Because next month it's December. Where did the year go? I don't know. I never know how to answer that question. It's the weirdest question that I people know. ask. I'm sorry. Don't ask it. Hold on. Sorry. Weird. Okay. Anyway, we will be on time next month. We're sorry we weren't this month. But reasons. Exactly. So you can find me on techgirl.co.za. Otherwise, you can hit me up on Twitter. It's at IamSamW. Or if you're a Snapchat fan, IamSamW22. You? Um, I'm at Moonstormer everywhere. So Snapchat, which I never use except to post pictures of balloon penises, apparently. Wow, look at look at the, the secret personal life of Zoe. Secret Coming personal out. life of Zoe, balloon penises. Um, Twitter at Moonstormer. And you can find the words that I write, um, porngeek.co.today or lazygamer.net. And don't forget, the cake is alive.